My name is Sam Vaknin, and I'm the author of Malignant Self-Love, Narcissism Revisited. If all else fails, the abuser recruits friends, colleagues, mates, family members, the authorities, institutions, neighbors, the media, teachers, in other words, third parties, to do his bidding. The abuser uses them to cajole, coerce, threaten, stalk, offer, retreat, tempt, seduce, harass, communicate, or otherwise manipulate his target. The abuser controls these unaware instruments exactly as he plans to control his ultimate prey. In both cases, he employs the same mechanisms and the same devices. And he dumps his props unceremoniously when the job is done. One form of control by proxy is to engineer situations in which abuse is inflicted on third, another person. Such carefully crafted scenarios of embarrassment and humiliation are meant to provoke social sanctions, condemnation, opprobrium, or even physical punishment against the victim. Society, or social group in this case, become the instruments of the abuser against the victim. Abusers often use other people to do their dirty work for them. These, sometimes unwitting accomplices, belong to three groups. The first group is the abuser's social milieu. Some offenders, mainly in patriarchal and misogynist societies, co-opt family members, friends and colleagues into aiding and abetting their abusive conduct. In extreme cases, the victim is held hostage, isolated and with little or no access to funds or transportation. Often the couple's children are used as bargaining chips or leverage in such a dispute. Ambient abuse by the abuser's clan, kin, kith, or village, or neighborhood, is rampant. The second group of waiting or unwitting accomplices is the victim's social milieu. Even the victim's relatives, his uh, family members, his friends, his colleagues, to the considerable charm, persuasiveness, and manipulativeness of the abuser, and to his impressive thespian acting skills. The abuser offers a plausible rendition of the events and interprets his events to his favor. Others rarely have a chance to witness an abusive exchange firsthand and at close quarters so as to discern between abuser and victim. In contrast, the victims are often on the verge of a nervous breakdown. They are harassed, unkempt, irritable, impatient, abrasive, and hysterical. Confronted with this contrast between a polished, self-controlled and suave abuser and his harried casualties, it is easy to reach the wrong, wrong conclusion that the real victim is the abuser. Or another conclusion that both parties are abusing each other similarly and equally. The praise acts of self-defense, assertiveness or insistence on her rights are interpreted as aggression, lability, or a mental health problem. Thus we come to the third group of accomplices and collaborators, aiders and abettors, the system. The abuser perverts the system. Therapists, marriage counselors, mediators, court-appointed guardians, police officers, judges, they all end up upholding the abuser's version and helping him in further abusing his victims. Abuser uses them to pathologize the victim and to separate her 
from her sources of emotional sustenance, notably from her children, and then from her family, and then from her friends and colleagues. Forms of abuse by proxy include socially isolating and ex excluding the victim by discrediting her through a campaign of malicious rumors, a smear campaign, harassing the victim by using others to stalk her or by charge charging her with offenses she did not commit, provoking the victim into aggressive or even antisocial conduct by having others threaten her or her loved ones, colluding with others to render the victim dependent on the abuser. But by far, the victim's children are the abuser's greatest source of leverage over his abused spouse or mate. There is a video in this channel dedicated to how the abuser leverages the children in his dispute with his victims. Be sure to watch it. My name is Selvaki. I'm the author of Malignant Self-Love, Narcissism Revisited. Ambient abuse, also known as gaslighting, is the stealth, subtle, underground current of maltreatment that sometimes goes unnoticed even by the victim herself until it is too late. Ambient abuse penetrates and permeates everything, but it is difficult to pinpoint and identify. Gaslighting is ambiguous, equivocal, atmospheric, diffuse, hence its insidious and pernicious effects. It is by far the most dangerous kind of abuse there is. Ambient abuse or gaslighting, they are the outcomes of fear. Fear of violence, fear of the unknown, fear of the unpredictable, the capricious, the arbitrary, the pending. Ambient abuse is perpetrated by dropping subtle hints, by disorienting, by constant and unnecessary lying, by persistent doubting and demeaning, and by inspiring um, an air of unmitigated gloom and doom. Ambient abuse, therefore, is the fostering, the propagation and the enhancement of an atmosphere of fear, of intimidation, of instability, unpredictability, and irritation. There are no acts of traceable, explicit abuse. There are no visible manipulative settings of control. Yet, ambient abuse yields an irksome feeling, a kind of disagreeable foreboding, a premonition, a bad omen. It's in the air. In the long term, such an environment erodes the victim's sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Self-confidence is shaken badly. Often the victim adopts a paranoid, or a schizoid stance, keeps away from society, and thus render, renders herself exposed even more to criticism and judgment. In ambient abuse, the roles are reversed. The victim is considered by everyone to be mentally deranged and unstable, and the abuser is universally acclaimed as the suffering soul and victim. There are five categories of ambient abuse, and they are all in the conduct of the same abuser. First of all, there is inducing disorientation. The abuser causes the victim to lose faith in her ability to manage and to cope with the world and with its demands. 
she no longer trusts her own senses. Her, her skills, she doubts her skills, she doubts her strengths, she doubts her family, doubts her friends. Um, she doubts fundamentally the predictability and benevolence of her environment. The abuser subverts the target's focus by disagreeing with her way of perceiving the world, by arguing with her judgment, by disputing the facts of her existence, by criticizing her incessantly, and by offering plausible but specious, wrong, fallacious alternatives. The abuser constantly lies, and by constantly lying, he blurs the line between reality and nightmare. By recurrently disapproving of her choices and actions, the abuser shreds the victim's self-confidence and shatters her self-esteem. By reacting disproportionately to the slightest mistake she makes, he intimidates her to the point of paralysis. Second type of gaslighting is incapacitating. The abuser gradually and surreptitiously takes over functions and chores previously adequately and skillfully performed by the victim. The victim finds herself isolated from the outer world, a hostage to the goodwill, or more often the ill will, of the abuser, of her captor. She is crippled by his encroachment and by the in, in, inexorable dissolution of her boundaries, and she ends up totally dependent on her tormentor's whims and desires, plans and strategies. She needs his permission to go out to the world and to interact with anyone. Moreover, the abuser engineers impossible, dangerous, and unpredictable situations that are unprecedented or highly specific. And in these situations, he makes sure that he is sorely needed. The abuser leverages his knowledge, his skill, his connections, or his traits as the only applicable and the most useful ones in the situations that he himself has engineered. The abuser generates thus his own indispensability and fosters in the victim growing dependence. The third type of ambient abuse is what is known as shared psychosis, or previously it was called folie à deux in French. The abuser creates a fantasy world, and in this fantasy, uh, this fantasy world is inhabited by himself and by his victim, and it is besieged by imaginary enemies invented by the abuser. He allocates to the abused, to the victim, the role of defending this invented and surreal universe. She must swear to secrecy. She must stand by her abuser no matter what. She must lie, fight, pretend, obfuscate, and do whatever it takes to preserve this oasis of inanity and insanity. Her membership in the abuser's kingdom is cast as a privilege and a prize, but it is not to be taken for granted. She has to work hard to earn her continued affiliation in his world. She is constantly being tested and evaluated by the abuser. Inevitably, this interminable stress reduces the victim's resistance and her ability to see straight. The fourth type of ambient abuse involves the abuse or misuse of information. From the first moment of an encounter with another person, the abuser is on the prowl. He collects information. The more he knows about his potential victim, the better he able he is to coerce, to manipulate, to charm, to extort, to convert the victim. The abuser does not hesitate to misuse the information he had gleaned 
regardless of its intimate na nature or the circumstances in which he has he had obtained the information. This is a powerful tool. Finally, there is control by proxy. If all the previous tactics fail, the abuser recruits friends, colleagues, mates, family members, the authorities, institutions, neighbors, the media, teachers, anyone, any third party, to do his bidding. He uses these people and institutions to cajole, to coerce, to threaten, to stalk, to, to offer, to retreat, to tempt, to convince, to harass, to communicate, and otherwise, in other words, to manipulate his target. He controls his unaware people and instruments exactly as he plans to control his ultimate prey. He employs the same mechanisms and devices to move his third parties and proxies around as he does later to uh, order the victim around. And he dumps his props unceremoniously when the job is done. Another form of control by proxy is to engineer situations in which the victim is forced to abuse a third party. Such carefully crafted scenarios of embarrassment and humiliation provoke inevitably social sanctions. So the victim is condemned uh, or even physically punished. Society or a social group thus become the instrument or instruments of the abuser. He first provokes the victim into socially unacceptable behavior and then he uses society to punish the victim. Today, we are going to talk about mind war and gang stalking. Uh, some people don't want that information put out there, but we will prevail. And by hook or by crook, I will make sure that you get this information. Now, everyone knows about gangs. We all know about gangs and their city ones, Crips and Bloods, and S13 and so on. And everyone has heard about stalking uh, and the various types, the lonely or psychopathic person who stalks somebody else or the middle or high school type of cyber stalking online or vice versa. But gang stalking that we're going to talk about today is very much more sinister than any and all of that put together. Organized stalking, gang stalking or vigilante stalking, and of course, harassment under the color of law. Well, the best way to explain this phenomenon is to let you all hear it straight from the mouth of an individual who has experienced this personally. I am going to start reading from a document entitled State-Sponsored Terror Campaigns, The Hidden Evil by Mark Rich. And Mr. Rich says, what is it? Organized stalking is a well-organized occult form of covert harassment used against an individual. It is done by large groups of people who systematically and repeatedly harass individuals. The people who participate are usually under the impression that they need to keep an eye on the targeted person or drive them out of town for wrongdoings. It often encompasses the use of directed energy weapons, such as microwave harassment. This can be a for-hire organized harassment service. These groups usually operate throughout North America and Europe and exhibit cult-like characteristics. They usually have local numbers ranging in the hundreds. This has also been caused cause 
stalking, gang stalking, community-based harassment, organized vigilante stalking, vengeance stalking, terrorist stalking, revenge stalking, covert action, state-sponsored harassment, microwave harassment, microwave mind control, etc. All of these labels explain the same basic phenomenon. Now, quoting from a book entitled The New Statements by Linda Blood, she says, Organized vigilante stalking is an occult form of terror slash mind control used against an individual in a malicious attempt to reduce the quality of a person's life so that they will have a nervous breakdown, become incarcerated or institutionalized, experience constant mental, emotional, or physical pain, become homeless, and or commit suicide. It is done using well-orchestrated accusations lies, rumors, bogus investigations, setups, framing, intimidation, overt or covert threats, vandalism, thefts, sabotage, torture, humiliation, emotional terror, directed energy weapons, and general harassment. It is a ganging up by members of the community who follow an organizer and participate in a systematic and ritualistic persecution of an individual. Organized stalking is a destructive criminal program built on deception that exists to serve the intentions of a few who are aware of its true agenda. End quote. Now, Linda Blood had her own experience. She knows how freaky these people are and where they are mentally coming from. Now, it's important to note that not all organized gang and or vigilante stalking is performed by Satanists, as we shall learn. Going back to the document entitled State-Sponsored Terror Campaign, The Hidden Evil by Mark M. Rich, he says, This hate crime appears to be a combination of early mind control and harassment programs such as COINTELPRO and MKUltra, as well as gang-stalking tactics used by the KKK. The objective is to create so much pain in the environment of the person that they are driven to homelessness or suicide. It is used to isolate and remove economical and social support structures and therefore destabilize a person's life with the intent to drive them to suicide. Basically, it's forever. They never leave you alone. You are followed out of the country and there's no way to get away from it. Although it would appear that this is a new phenomenon, it is not. Many tyrannical regimes throughout history have used local harassment gangs to neutralize dissent. Gang stalking is simply another manifestation of this pattern. Because most counseling centers and therapists deny the existence of these groups, it is impossible to prove just how many cases of depression, anxiety, miscarriage, stillbirth, suicides, and people going postal are caused by them. This is further complicated since many people are unaware that they are host to this type of parasite. The methods reportedly employed in these harassment campaigns, the only difference is that now electronic harassment and experimentation also appear to be more blatantly involved. The psychological aspect of gang stalking is identical to mobbing. It has the same group dynamics. For this reason, I'll make references to mobbing throughout this document. I'll also explain these shared dynamics later in the document. The mobbing phenomenon has been well documented and studied in other countries for years. However, it is only now beginning to receive attention in North America. When I, and that's of course uh, Mr. Rich uh, speaking here, uh, 
I'll talk about mobbing. I'm not talking about flash mobbing where hundreds of strangers will communicate via cell phone or email to meet at a public place and perform some type of synchronized act as reported by CNN and other mainstream media. No, the mobbing I'm referring to is committed by multiple people using subtle but repeated harassment, which takes place in the workplace and is difficult to prove. It is used to kick a person out of the workplace or even the workforce while leaving little trace. The logic is that it is less of a liability for the organization if you voluntarily leave than if they fire you. In addition, some organizations with sadistic intentions enjoy it as a form of folk harassment as well. So their primary intent might not be to drive a person out of the workforce. For an excellent explanation of how groups of people will not only turn against an individual, but will also participate in the repeated harassment and ultimate destruction of an individual to ensure their own survival, read the book called Mobbing. When researching the mobbing phenomenon, the authors discovered that it also took place out in the community. However, when this type of organized harassment occurs out in public, many of those who are aware of it choose to refer to it as gang stalking and the labels previously mentioned. Now, you can think of mobbing as small-scale gang stalking, which takes place indoors. Quoting from a book entitled Mobbing, Emotional Abuse in the American Workplace by Elliot Schwartz says, until evil is named, it cannot be addressed. This book names mobbing, a common and bloodless form of workplace mayhem, an insidious and powerful subculture is thriving in the American workplace. Every day, in all sorts of workplaces, mean-spirited mobs are forcing capable, hardworking employees to flee from jobs they love. The mobs intentionally target and ultimately destroy innocent individuals, end quote. Organized stalking is mobbing, which takes place out in the community and is a much wider in scope. Mobbing is also contained within an organized stalking program for targeted people who are actually employed. Some of those who experience mobbing may also be targeted for gang stalking, although they might not be aware of it. Mobbing and organized stalking both employ repeated acts of emotional and psychological violence. If you are experiencing mobbing and are actively seeking employment, you may experience character assassination, which will prevent you from landing another job. If you are also being gang stalked, rumors may be spread about you in the community. These smear tactics work very well. If you are being mobbed and think you're having job opportunities trashed, you are probably correct. It's not necessary for mobbing to proceed gang stalking campaign, but some targeted people have reported they believe their harassment began as mobbing. Mr. Rich says it seems that mobbing may be done as a part of strategy to promote helplessness and set the stage for poverty if you're also going to be targeted for gang stalking. Mobbing is also an unwritten method used to get rid of people that the organization does not want to terminate and deliver a severance package to. In some cases, the only alternative is to leave with no job lined up. According to the book Mobbing, mobbing sometimes continues even after a person has left an organization. If you will also be targeted for gang stalking, you will most probably be blacklisted at that point as well. Unemployment will bring about your demise much quicker and induce hopelessness, which is one objective of gang stalking. The mechanism for mobbing is already in place in some corporations, as is the organized stalking program on an international level. Just because someone is targeted for mobbing does not necessarily mean they will also be gang stalked. Mobbing may just be isolated to the work environment. Now, the process of organized stalking and mobbing seems to work best when the target is unaware or in denial that they are being targeted. I call it a process because it seems to have a progression from the start. The more conscious you are of the progression, the better you'll be able to survive it.
While there are many similarities regarding the tactics people experience, there are sometimes differences with who they believe is responsible for their harassment. Each case is different. However, many targets believe that this type of systematic harassment cannot occur with the state without the state condoning it. So this document focuses primarily on state-sanctioned type of terrorism. Mainly, terrorism carried out by a federal agency, which is also the origin, or carried out by a federal agency on behalf of a corporation, an individual, or a group with connections. One reason that these cause stalking groups are successful is because they operate in secrecy. The leaders are counting on you not being able to face the horror of this epidemic. When you make someone aware of organized stalking, they are presented with a choice. They can believe you or they can deny that it exists. Some people don't have the constitution to acknowledge insanity of this magnitude. This type of denial is probably an unconscious protection mechanism that activates in order to prevent a nervous breakdown. Organized vigilante stalking is an enterprise run by field leaders who rally groups which contain hundreds of people to repeatedly harass individuals with the intent to drive them to suicide. I believe that most federal law enforcement officers do not engage in harassing citizens. Some of them may be aware of the destructive activities taking place within their agency, but since it is condoned from higher up, there is not much they can do. Those familiar with gang stalking may explain the, the main components of this phenomenon in a different manner, but I have broken it down to three major components. The three basic components are number one, sponsorship and support that provides funding and uses its influence to allow the harassment to take place. Number two, groups of individuals that engage in cause stalking. Number three, directed energy weapons or DEW harassment. The funding of some of these terrorist stalking campaigns come from corporations who use them to stalk enemies or potential enemies. The sponsorship and influence may originate from the same sources such as a federal agency. Apparently, the sponsorship may also come from a corporation, a group, or an individual that uses, which is paid for, the influence of a federal agency. These field supervisors basically use their resources and influence as an engine to carry out these harassment campaigns. The people who carry out contracts for organized stalking represent the interests of people who supply their funding. Well, of course. In the past, these, uh, some of these federal agencies have subsidized, directed, and protected many of these types of vigilante groups. They're able to recruit neighbors, friends, and family of the target to participate in the harassment. This is done by using lies, threats, blackmail, and bribery. During COINTELPRO, these agencies included neighbors, friends, families, employers, landlords, religious organizations, and their focused investigations, i.e. harassment campaigns. Now, I would like to also uh, uh, put out here that it's not just those people, but also uh, cable installers, plumbers, you know, any kind of service personnel uh, that you may hire that come into your house can also uh, be a part of this. So keep that in mind also. He continues by saying contracts are put out on targets in retired military, law enforcement, sheriff, and other paramilitary personnel place bids on these contracts. The structure resembles a compartmentalized pyramid. It consists of followers who participate in harassment, the leaders or field supervisors who corral them, and financial support at the top of the structure. At the bottom of the structure, the cost outwardly appears constructive. It offers fellowship to people who participate, and mostly 
state that their cause serves a higher purpose. Compartmentalized pyramid system keeps the organizers and their financier shielded from group activity. It also keeps the community members at the bottom of the structure ignorant as to the group's true intentions. The identity of the leaders of these groups may not be known to group members for reasons of national security. With federal influence, the passing of the USA Patriot Act, unlimited resources, and a vast pool of groups to draw from, these harassment campaigns can be devastating. They are also growing rapidly. The closest thing to this type of organized harassment has been COINTELPRO, but this is different. This new COINTELPRO is much more intense. Some journalists believe that COINTELPRO is back due to the loosening of laws that present, prevented this type of abuse, end quote. Well, the question, of course, we have to ask ourselves is why? Okay, well, there are actually several reasons. Number one, the U.S. military has all these nifty psychotronic and psychotronic weapons that they need to test out. And they choose individuals, individual citizens, to test them out upon. And individuals will never be believed by counselors or sometimes even families that they're being stalked or harassed by unnamed persons. We're talking about the reasons why people are gang-stalked. I mean, why would anybody do this to another person? Well, we talked about uh, the U.S. military needs to test out their weapons. Now, um, they have chosen just random people to see what will happen, uh, and they choose specific people to see how far they can ruin this person's life and what works and what doesn't. We're going to talk about vigilantism and abuse of power reasons. And if you upset somebody in the power structure, well, they can have this done to you, as we mentioned before. Uh, they can have a contract put out on you, and certain people will bid on that contract. Uh, you make somebody angry, then you have the vigilantism aspect. Other people who are experiencing gang stalking can know that, no, you're not alone. I mean, this happens. Uh, uh, it is beyond just the whisper campaigns, which is, uh, you know, the slander around the community. You know, it's good to uh, for everyone out there to know that you are not alone. If you have uh, these bizarre and disturbing things happening to you, uh, it, it's not necessarily random. I mean, everybody has bad experiences uh, during the day, uh, from day to day, and that doesn't mean that you are being gang-stalked. But if these things are happening with a pattern, you know, start documenting them, um, and there, there may be a reason that you don't even know about. If you, with the understanding you have acquired today, realize that these things are happening to you, please know right now that you are not crazy, you are not insane, and you are not alone in this. Um, I have looked up some resources for uh, people who are uh, being subjected to this. Okay, there are groups online you can go to in order to see that the same things are happening to you are happening to other people. Okay, and learn how other people have learned to cope. That is to stay sane through all of this. We all need to learn as much as we can about both the electronic harassment and the physical harassment techniques. Again, the the main thing is everybody needs to do their own research. And I know that uh, the information that I have presented today is highly disturbing, but uh, we need to know this, okay? There are a lot of things going on in the world that we would rather not look at. You can learn for yourself. And once you learn, you know knowledge is power. Vigilante stalking. 
and the covert use of advanced electronic weapons on vigilante stalking targets is basically the use of lies, again lies, to motivate networked groups of citizens to destroy the lives of their innocent targets. These programs are about the ongoing efforts to expose this activity and hopefully to stop it. There are literally thousands of websites providing information about these crimes. Most of my uh, harassment has been gang stalking. Harassment uh, things that tools that are used. And uh, sleep deprivation is one, isolation is another one, and sometimes even um, uh, pushing people into poverty by not allowing them to, to work is another one. There's, these are very basic. One of the goals is to make the uh, targeted individual feel like they're the only one in the whole world and they're probably mentally ill and they need to be on psychoactive drugs that can destroy their brain cells or have other horrible effects that are irreversible. And the thing they need to learn is probably there's a good chance that uh, they have a gang on them. And it's not one gang. It depends on where they go as to which gang it is. And so it's a sad fact that as the economies uh, dis, you know, just kind of uh, disintegrate, people can make money doing gang stalking and supplement their income. And that's what's happening. It's spreading. Yes, and I think you have had reports uh, from people who called you that uh, there, there have been cases where perps are prevented from finding work just so they can be forced into doing uh, crime against others. Well, yes, I did observe that, that in one very nice person that I thought would never turn uh, into a perp, but after having the job opportunities jerked away from them repeatedly and, and having uh, financial obligations to take care of, they finally gave up. And later on, after they were trained in, about, you know, about six months or a year later, I, I was just sort of musing out loud, saying, why would, you know, I, they knew what was going on, and so I said, you know, this is really the dirty thing to do to somebody. Why would anybody do this to somebody? So hopeless. You know, it's so hopeless. If you don't have a job, you're going to be homeless. Then you're going to look incompetent and lazy. So they use this against people to, to pressure them into becoming perps. And, and, and another thing that I have heard over uh, through the hotline is that they also they threaten to do things to their children if they don't join in. So uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can get to just about anybody in the world. Uh, people have their limits. And especially in the society that we've set up here, it requires so much money to live, to keep a roof over your head and, and a decent place and all of that, that you have to keep this income going all the time. And uh, if, you, if there's not a, a break in it, it doesn't take very long that, that you're looking at being in the street. And it uh, seems to be specifically designed that way. And they take full advantage, don't they? Oh, they take full advantage to pressure people. And in fact, it looks like they're just trying to line up uh, two fights here, perps and targets, and, and uh, uh, so that uh, if you're not with them, you're against them. If you're not a perp, you're going to be a target. And uh, this is the kind of a 
uh, very destructive to society type of thing and to the family. They turn family members against each other. I think they're also can use mind control to bust up marriages. Uh, and it has nothing to do with uh, feminism. It has to do with what they do with their brain. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, a mind control that they can use. This. The technology is something that only uh, these people have. We don't know that we have, but we, there are technologies out there that are far beyond what we know and that uh, are not known to most people unless they're specially trained in them. Yes, indeed. And Alan Watt was mentioning that uh, in secret societies, uh, college professor level is considered the lowest level of knowledge. And uh, so the average college professor will laugh at you if you tell them this stuff is happening, even though it is the truth. Um, I've heard from several people over my years uh, being in activism uh, that they find that when they approach their partner, they suddenly find that their partner instantly becomes repulsive to them. And uh, that, the way they describe it is it's a form of mind control. It's just like being hypnotized and commanded that the, the person standing there is repulsive. Well, I think that's one of the methods they use, definitely. And also, I do believe that uh, our society moving as fast as it is and requiring that everybody work two jobs to pay the mortgage and everything is another factor there that stacked, the deck is stacked against the family that way, too. Sometimes they just cause the passion to go out of the marriage. One or, one or the other partner will, usually the male, uh, simply isn't interested anymore. And, and then here comes a floozy, and all of a sudden he's interested again. He thinks he's alive again, you know, and uh, has fallen out of love with his wife and all of that. So they use every trick. If one trick doesn't work, they just go to another. They yes. change what people do. They change when they do it. That is how they, they work it. That's how they can influence. There's a lot of influence that can be happening. You, you know, you can't take a normal person and make them want to stab somebody very easily. But you can take a normal person, and they normally call certain people. You can change when they call them to disrupt their day. And then nobody knows the difference. Very, very seldom do they ever know the difference. In fact, the telephone is the most effective uh, isolation tool that the perpetrators have in uh, that they can uh, control when people call and they can make them, they can re re um, reroute the phone calls if they want to. Um, if you have calls coming in to your answering machine and you're not getting the messages and you're not going to call those people back and they're going to think that you don't want to talk to them. This is a good isolation tool. And again, if you even if you don't have an answering machine, if you have caller ID, you're getting calls and people, and you don't return them because you don't see those numbers on there because they're selectively erased because the perps are the best telephone hackers in the world. And so you don't return those folks' calls and they just think, well, I've called and called and called and she just doesn't want to talk to me. And so that isolates you. That's one of the best tools of isolation for the perps is the telephone. And we normally think of the telephone as being something to keep us connected with people. 
but they can turn it around and they can make it where it isolates you. And that is how they do it, by making people call at the wrong time and by selectively erasing your messages and uh, your uh, caller ID number popping up. So you would suggest then that a, a target um, uh, always call back regardless whether they're expecting a message or not, just to be sure that one wasn't missed? Well, I, I, I think the target should uh, touch base with everybody they know every once in a while because uh, if they can erase the caller ID number off, off your caller ID pad, you're not even going to know these people called you. And they may be calling, 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 trying to get you to go somewhere with them or try to, trying to inform you of something. I also recommend that do away with the answering machine, do away with call notes. Don't have any of them because all they are is an isolation tool. The perps will selectively erase certain messages so that you are isolated from your, your, most, your best supporters. That's what, that's what we, are, we are hearing from people. And I've heard uh, that they can even go a little further and they can uh, actually imitate somebody and, and pretend to be somebody they're not. Now, that, that doesn't apply to people close to the target like their family members, but certainly a business call or something like that, they often uh, jump in and intercept a call and pretend to be a business and say, yes, well, we'll send your order out tomorrow. In fact, the business never got the order. That's true. We're having reports of that. Uh, as, as well as some people have reported that some calls were uh, they got were imitated. Their voices were imitated, and they called the person and said, you called me and you said this, and the person absolutely denies it. And probably uh, the perps uh, have figured out how to imitate so many people's voices, causing total chaos in the communication over the telephone. And, and, and it messes up, you know, it messes up a whole lot of things. It messes up everything. And your experiences with email are even worse, aren't they? Well, email, and this is not just my email, it's a lot of activists uh, report that some of the time-sensitive email arrives after the date that they could respond. And it's usually related to activism or, or something, and targets have this a lot. And they also, it also happens with their snail mail as well. It's communications. Again, isolating the person by simply interfering with the communication. Indeed. Did they, uh, the, the perps change the mix every once in a while, and why, we don't know. We have no clue as to why they, they change the things that they do. However, there have been a lot of reports from people uh, over the hotline that they wake up at the same time every night. They, you know, they look over at the alarm clock, and it's 11-11 or it's exactly 341 or something. It might have a meaning to them or something. We don't know why they do it or what happens, you know. But uh, that is one of the symptoms. And these are so subtle that people don't even recognize it as targeting. Another thing, Swen, that you mentioned on your site is what we call it is synchronized activity. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's basically what you just described. There are callers who say that uh, when they do get up in the middle of the night, there is a car passing by. They're normally dead in streets sometimes. We just know that they want to synchronize things with the target because when a target talks about that kind of a thing, they sound like paranoid schizophrenic. So that, this is all designed to make them look mentally ill when they're not.
Yes, I'd have to say that in my case and a few others, um, I've had uh, skits put on where for maybe a few weeks, uh, one particular uh, uh, guy in an apartment near mine would actually step outside his door and turn his key in the lock at exactly the same time I did that uh, while on the way to work. And, and I wasn't that, uh, that regular either because uh, when these things happen, I've always been lived very close to where I work and often going early. So I was doing this at random times. And it was it was exactly the same uh, on say three days a week for maybe six weeks, and it was it was a mind blowing incident. Uh, these guys would get to the elevator exactly the same time I did, and uh, the only way I got around it was simply to use the stairs uh, because it, it got to be kind of a mind game after a while. This is how they do these things, to make the targeted individual look nuts. And uh, it's, it's not that easy to do it because, here again, they step out of the paradigm. They step out of what people normally believe. People believe that the only time somebody would come into your house is to steal something of value, like your TV or your VCR. If they come in and they move something around and the TV and VCR are left behind, lo and behold, you must be a mental case. Couldn't be anybody to go to that much trouble to do that. Why would anybody do that? You're not important. You've never worked on a secret government case of any kind. You've never done anything to anybody. So therefore, it means you are a mental case. Yes, it means working. It's, it's just it's phenomenal. Yes, it is. It, it, it means that uh, that you're not important enough to have this be happening to you. And, and listeners, that's that's how they're getting away with it. They know that you don't consider uh, little nobodies uh, important enough to have this happen to them, so they can do it with impunity. And and you will never believe us normally uh, until you visit our sites, talk to us, listen to listen to this show and others. Um, but this is the truth. Actually, folks have absolutely no way to believe it until it starts happening to them. Then that gets their attention. If they think it might be happening to them, they'll, they'll start listening pretty quick and pretty hard, you know. Indeed. Um, so that's, that's just it. It's very difficult to... It doesn't fit the paradigm. It doesn't fit what we know of crooks. Yes, Swan, uh, there's some interesting information on your site here for uh, testing to see if you're being targeted, and you, you quote some interesting cases. Here's one, uh, quoting from your site, it says, be aware of your conversation in your home. While working on a project, did you say, I need number 10 three-quarter inch flathead screws? And then you arrive at the store to find all the screw bins full except the number 10 three-quarter inch flathead screw bin, which was completely empty. Well, that's true. Um, and that has come over the hotline from several reports. It's not just the screws in the screw bin. It could be uh, the orange Gatorade. You know, it's obvious the shells were just stocked up. You were, you, you said, hey, I, I, we're out of orange Gatorade. you got to go get some. Put that on the list. 
you get there and every kind of gator aid in the world is on the shelf and there's a big empty space where the orange gator aid is or was. Uh, I get a lot of reports of that. Uh, or the shampoo that they say, oh, i got to get my shampoo or the soap or whatever it is. Uh, it seems like they're just suddenly out of stock and everything else is stocked up to the ceiling. And um, so there's a lot of reports of that kind of a thing. So if you've said that out loud in your home and you don't need a bug finder to know that, hey, your house is bugged or something, somehow they're hearing it. Yes, indeed, and I, I can report, too, that I've been a target for 25 years, and <clears throat> being in engineering, uh, I often inherited the job of going to the hardware store for various companies I worked with, and uh, it would happen to me so many times I can't count them, probably a thousand times in my 25 years of uh, being a target. Um, I would, uh, in many cases, I wouldn't even say it to anyone. I'd, I'd simply... Uh, uh, measure up a job, decide what's wanted, uh, just write out a list, and when I got to the hardware store, just those items on my list were all out. Well, this, I listeners, is how petty these mind games uh, uh, get. Um, Actually, it had a purpose. They were trying to get us to fight with each other to have our space crowded by each other like they crowd people's spaces in the grocery stores. They're continually stepping into the target space in the grocery stores. Isn't that true? You uh, you mentioned that many times uh, you have to use your cart to block the aisle. I used to have to do that. Be because then, but then when I started wearing the T-shirt and the flyers, and they didn't want anybody stepping in my face, they didn't want anybody around me. You know, you know, right. it's just different. But I just wanted to let the listeners know that, uh, that Sue Ann reported that um, that these guys would squeeze past her if she contact. Yes. Yes. Until I started thinking real hard, like I'm going to slap the fire out of them and call them a masher. You know, and then, and then that's about two. Yes. They, they count on people not defending themselves. They want people who will be a willing victim, who will get comfortable with their level of torture. And if you're not going to do that, they can find others who will. There's plenty out there, plenty of them. Don't want to make way, you know. So. I, I know very well. Um, Let's see. I, I'm just, it's difficult. If you recall, years ago, there was an experiment done with, with rats in which they crowded them all together, and then after a while, they all went berserk, started you know, killing each other and trampling all over each other. It's basically the same thing, but most of the time, they don't have to even touch you. If they even come within a certain circumference of you, they are intruding into your space, and it's not normal. People don't normally do this. They can normally wait till you move on down the aisle to get what they want. And if they're standing there getting in your space and they can't wait two seconds for you to move on down the aisle, they're a perp. You know, and there are ways of, you know, if they're going to do that, well, then you can be scouting the place for other victims. Just to see who else they're doing it to. Wear your T-shirt. Bring your flyers. You know? And be, be watching other people. What are they doing to other people? They're doing this to somebody else. They're not just doing it to you. We don't know what goes through their mind. 
you know. We certainly don't because it's very difficult to understand uh, someone who's extremely mentally ill, and clearly these perpetrators are. Uh, they don't have a life, is one way to say it. They, they're consumed with harassing specific people and making them as miserable as they can and doing it in such a way that uh, their attacks are misinterpreted by everybody else as natural problems or mental illness. They um, want uh, folks who are observing the target to think that there is a psychotic process going on there when actually if these bums would just leave them alone, they'd be all right. And unfortunately, uh, what I have observed is that depending upon how long these folks have been tortured, some of them are pushed over the edge into a, a at least a delusional belief. In, you know, they'll believe that everything's contaminated with something and they can't find any good food or something like that. But try sleep deprivation for 20 or 30 years and continual torment and people harassing and following and uh, preventing you from working. See what that'll do to your brain. Just try it sometime, you know. Imagine what it would be like if you were uh, followed around for 20 or 30 years and harassed and, and uh, people making noise continually so you couldn't sleep or depriving you of sleep in some other way, the brain starts to build a defense. And it's through no fault of the individual. And however much, you know, whatever happens to the individual is, is very an individual thing. But uh, unfortunately, these, some of these folks do have some delusions because they've been tortured for years and years and years and years and years. And, and uh, it's unfair to point at them and, and try to tell them they need to be locked up and all that. That's baloney. They need to be left alone. That's all that needs to happen. So obviously, if you've been prevented from working for years and years, your health is going to suffer, both physical and mental. There's no way about it. There's no way about it. There's no way around that. And uh, this is probably the most evil, insidious thing on this earth that can happen to a person. It's the darkest place on earth a person can go. And it's hard to cope and they make it more difficult because they isolate the person from anyone who would help them. And the, the, the tragedy is uh, is felt even more by the target because all of this is out in the daylight, in the open, and nobody will believe the target. All in plain sight and they get away with it. They get away with murder, essentially. They're actually stealing that person's life a little bit more every day. And that should be a crime that they could be locked up for life for. Because they can't be trusted to behave normally towards people. You know, what do you do with folks like that? You have to lock them up. Yes, indeed. It's sad to say a very, very small number, less than you can count on one hand, uh, of our members do seem to be troubled after years of, of this torment uh, by uh, artificially caused mental illness. And it's, a, it's just a brutal crime to force someone into mental illness. Well, it usually, what I'm seeing is that they're still functional. And it usually takes the form of specific delusions so that they can still function. Um, but it's amazing when you hear their story, how they're still sane. It, it is a, a tragedy, and it, it, just, it, it just makes you want to cry for them, you know. Yes, listeners, uh, we could use your prayers, by the way. 
that would be very helpful. Yes, because this is a spiritual battle. This is evil. There is nothing more evil than tracking somebody. I mean, it's, they're like a pack of wolves. You know, they they get this person that they they don't they want to track and uh, target and torture forever for the rest of their lives. And they cut them out from the herd, just like a pack of wolves. They isolate them from their family, from their friends, from anybody that can help them. And then they just tear at them for the rest of their lives. They're torn apart by these people. That's wrong. That's right. Every let it happen. Everything they attempt to do is is messed with or blocked. Every, even tiny little things. Even little things that they might enjoy, like... Uh, uh, well, in my case, I enjoy hanging out with and feeding squirrels. I will have uh, perpetrators with dogs walk up, let their dogs off the leash, and actually encourage the dogs to chase the squirrels away. Yeah. This is what happens to every tiny little thing you like to do when you're being targeted this way. But see how susceptible you are because you don't have somebody with you to witness this with a camera or something like that. And that's another reason why they have a field day and why they're so desperate to isolate targeted individuals because it makes their job so much easier. So one of the main things we need to do is find other targeted individuals and refuse to be isolated. Start hanging out together that it's in that one. Right, and uh, equally important is people who should be supporting the target um, refuse to believe that it's artificial. They, they think there's something wrong with the target. Well, you really have to be targeted to understand what this really is and to believe it. And uh, until I went through some of this, I thought those, you know, that uh, people who complained of such were uh, probably having a few mental problems and uh, needed to slow down in their life and relax more or something like that. I, I didn't believe that this could actually be going on. But now I've experienced enough of it to know that these folks are telling the truth. Indeed. And uh, we all know what it's like to be told to see a psychiatrist. It's, it's not fun when you know this stuff is really happening and it's not uh, natural at all. And you're big about carrying cameras, too. I think cameras are very important, but I've always had one just for, because I like photography. Uh, I love photography. It's a hobby that you can have the rest of your life. Uh, it's also a very handy tool for all kinds of things. Carrying that camera does reduce the uh, amount of perpetrator harassment. It definitely does. There's no question about it. Well, that's what we're hearing from Target. Uh, cameras do change behavior somewhat. And uh, so there's a lot of targets now that are starting to uh, carry their camera with them. We do have a uh, T-shirt for sale that uh, is good to wear yeah, to marches and rallies and even to the grocery store or the post office. It certainly does. And, and you have a page of uh, the T-shirt and some flyers, actually, uh, w which are sold through your website. Well, the T-shirts are sold. The flyers can be downloaded for free. Right. So, uh, and it's on uh, stopcovertwar.com slash T. That's T-E-E dot H-T-M-L. Yes. If you go there, then there'll be some things there, tools for for people who would like to be activists in this cause. 
And I, I can tell you, I have one of Sulan's T-shirts, and it works great, particularly when you're stuck in line somewhere, as at the post office or the grocery store or a convenience store, because the um, uh, emblem and text is on both front and back. And uh, in warm weather, you can't beat it for informing people. And uh, the perpetrators do not particularly like us to inform the public, so it's a good way to ensure that when the perpetrators uh, place a lot of people ahead of us in line, uh, maybe we'll give them second thoughts about doing that next time. Well, that's just an opportunity uh, to advertise the cause when you're standing in those long lines. And uh, nothing probably concerns them very much except the possibility of targeted individuals finding each other and getting together and uh, being a witness for each other or working as an activist plan to bring out what's happening because uh, there are a lot of them. And the, but the trick is, how do you find them? You don't have money to put advertisements in magazines or newspapers. So the only way a person of limited means has is through flyers and t-shirts. Yes, and uh, I'd like to report an interesting um, uh, uh, something I've observed. Uh, I've had a, an activism a sign on the back of my backpack, which I wear everywhere for a couple of months now. And I used to be stuck in long lines in the supermarket. I'm not anymore. I never get stuck in a long line, and I don't get uh, the mobbing of the supermarket or convenience store that used to happen, and clearly they don't want anybody reading the sign. And it's just amazing how well it's worked, and the inspiration came from you, Sue Ann. Well, that's... Uh, a few others have reported the same thing. So any targets who are maybe listening to this show may want to seriously have a look at Sue Ann's website and think about wearing her T-shirt. Uh, again, it's stopcovertwar.com forward slash T-E-E. -E. That's tango echo echo dot H-T-M-L. Right, and they can also post a contact information on another page if they if they so desire. What really makes this style of stalking ineffective is publicity. All of a sudden, it's not as effective as it, and it makes the the perp's job harder, uh, more difficult uh, if if it starts to become known what's happening. It's spreading. Targeted individuals are finding each other and getting together and being a witness for each other, working as an activist plan to bring out what's happening because uh, there are a lot of them. And be, be watching other people. What are they doing to other people? They're doing this to somebody else. They're not just doing it to you. There are millions of victims, and that needs to change. Not all perps understand what they're into. That's right. They're lied to all the time. They're told lies about the target. They think they're doing a good thing. They're, they're, they're getting rid of people. They're, they're sending them a message that they need to change their ways and clean up their act. This is all a big fat lie that they're told to get them to be motivated to do this crap. Yes, ordinary people just would not take this on as a living 
if they knew the truth about us. And, and I discovered a very few perpetrators who eventually figured out that I wasn't whatever I was being uh, labeled as, and they turned around and became friendly. It's apparent that this type of harassment and stalking is a lot less effective if it's not kept a secret because the way it's done is designed to make the targeted individual look mentally ill and if it starts to become common knowledge that there's these gangs of thugs running around doing this kind of thing then it, it's not very effective anymore as a, as a, as a weapon of terrorism operation vanish Operation Vanish is a coordinated effort to expose, correct, and banish the lies, excuses, and propaganda being used in an attempt to cover this crime of organized gang stalking and technological harassment. These individuals are actively pulling stunts of passive retaliation and using others to attempt to get back on individuals, exposing them in an attempt to silence individuals of their criminal activity. They have fooled and recruited ignorant individuals into being, relaying propaganda and disinformation cheerleaders for them. Almost everyone that the target and victim is believed to be in contact with, these criminal individuals will contact them, ask, coerce, and intimidate them into criminal relaying and repeating activity against the target and victim, not realizing that they are involving themselves in the criminal conspiracy against the target and the victim and can be sued and imprisoned for doing it. These ignorant individuals serve one purpose, and that is to keep everyone fooled and complacent in someone's targeting and their criminal activity. They are using anyone and anyone that's willing and wants to don't question to keep these lies, excuses, disinformation, and cover for organized gang stalking and technological harassment going to again fool everyone regarding someone's targeting. If someone is being gang stalked and harassed, they are lying, putting out constant lies and disinformation, saying that it's because of abusing domestic violence. On the same hand, someone is being terrorized with their own neural monitoring. They are lying and saying it's because the person has diseases such as cancer, playing people's ignorance and sympathy to again fool everyone and to keep everyone complacent and individuals targeting and to keep their criminal activity and this terror program of organized gang stalking and technological harassment alive and from being exposed. It's all based on lies and cover for what they are doing. Do not believe these deceptive, manipulative, sick, lying criminals. OSI will continue to address this issue. Operation Vanish. This is Rob reporting for OSI. After a lengthy investigation and very careful observation, we began to notice anchoring and conditioning the public and the media concerning organized gang stalking, including lies, excuses, and propaganda as to why someone is being targeted. We smell something and it stunk to high heaven. What we smell was gas, gaslighting about organized gang stalking. Multiple individuals have repeatedly sent emails and messages to OSI alerting us to the use of lies, excuses, disinformation, and a disinformation propaganda campaign to mislead and deceive the public as to why someone is being targeted with organized gang stalking and electronic harassment. Therefore, we have decided to make this public statement, which we fully understand and agree with 100%. It's obvious that these individuals who organize or support organized gang stalking would like to see organized gang stalking accepted and justified in the public eye. We demand that you stop deceiving and lying to the public about organized gang stalking and the reasons someone is being targeted. After our lengthy investigation, meticulous observation, and being repeatedly contacted by multiple members, we discovered that organized gang stalking and electronic harassment does not have anything to do with the following. Wife beating abusing somebody, domestic violence, physical fights such as punching, falling, pushing, shoving. These individuals are trying to sway and condition by anchoring those excuses and lies towards organized gang stalking so that when people hear of another person being targeted, they will automatically associate organized gang stalking to those things. 
unremarkably, even if organized gang stalking had something remotely to do with those things, it would still not justify harassing, stalking, and terrorizing an individual. We will not believe in these lies and excuses and propaganda and won't allow ourselves to be gaslighted by these criminals. We will not allow these excuses and lies to be used in an attempt to justify organized gang stalking to the public. For your information, organized gang stalking and electronic harassment does have to do with the following. Revenge, control, jealousy, a perceived threat, whistleblowing, and most importantly, money. It's obvious that these individuals have contaminated the media and the public with lies, excuses, and propaganda concerning organized gang stalking and electronic harassment. Do not believe these lies and do not repeat these lies or go along with their criminal activity against other individuals, on or offline. These individuals and people who organize gang stalk are not able to provide any factual proof of what they are saying or relaying, repeating back what they have been told by other organized gang stalking individuals and others on and offline. The majority of these individuals are sending messages and actual scripts to other people online, gaslighting them and having them say and read things in their videos which are false. They also convey criminal intentions to harass targeted individuals and a coordinated effort to fool and gaslight others concerning the individual being targeted. In order to gain credibility, these gang stalkers will impersonate police or other law enforcement agencies and attempt to suppress you with lies, intimidation, bogus gag orders, or threats of arrest if you were to refuse or remain neutral. Excuses and lies will consist of the following. The individual being targeted is a white beater or an abuser that in the majority of cases is false. Domestic violence is the reason for gang stalking an individual, which is false, and a poor justification for harassing and terrorizing someone. This particular charge is being used for concealment and cover for a 24-7 harassment targeting campaign. Furthermore, the individual being targeted has a disease, which turns out to be false, which is being used for concealment and cover for human trafficking, racketeering, involving the use of technology, or remote neural monitoring under the auspices of public health have been noted. I will continue by saying that these individuals also creating scripted YouTube accounts and websites related to organized gang stalking and electronic harassment and then bombarding those accounts with lies, excuses, propaganda concerning organized gang stalking and electronic harassment. Even though they themselves are unable to back up their claims and not provide any proof for them, these individuals contact other victims of organized gang stalking and electronic harassment or relay lies against us. This is also used to force you to move or leave an area. Multiple victims have reported this behavior to us and have told us this was an attempt to justify their particular harassment and how they were terrorized because of these individuals. Be very aware that these individuals are involved in a highly legal, highly criminal campaign which includes harassment, cyber harassment, hacking, tampering, criminal eavesdropping of internet communications, criminal eavesdropping of telephone communications, illegal criminal electronic monitoring by use of remote neural monitoring technology. We strongly suggest if you are approached or contacted by one of these individuals asking you to say or relay something about another individual on or offline, or anyone who tells you any of these same excuses or lies, tell them immediately that you will not take part in becoming an accomplice or complicit by contributing to the harassment, invasion of privacy, or terrorizing of another individual. Finally, we ask about current and future members that you write down a document name or YouTube.com account of any individuals or groups involved in the above statement and send it to us. If you are approached or contacted by one of these individuals asking you to say or relay something about another individual on or offline, or anyone who tells you any of these same excuses or lies, tell them immediately that you will not take part in becoming an accomplice or complicit by contributing to the harassment, invasion of privacy, or terrorizing of another individual.
Finally, we ask about current and future members that you write down a document name or YouTube account of any individuals or groups involved and send it to us. Organized gang stalking and electronic harassment is a crime. These individuals involved will be sued, prosecuted, and jailed for this criminal activity. This is a public service announcement to inform you and the public of ongoing criminal activity that involves criminally soliciting, manipulating, and coercing members of the public to illegally engage in a criminal conspiracy to criminally harass and target victims. Please stand by. Organized stalking, bogus investigations. A secret campaign of stalking and harassment constructs for the victim a prison without visible walls. The victim is stalked and harassed in which ways it cause them to appear paranoid. Worried about friends and family, they won't listen, read, or question authority. Incredibly, many victims report even friends and family members have turned perp, perpetrators that means. Since no one has been able to get the perps to talk about their activity, it is not known how those we once thought we could trust with our very lives could be turned to do such evil. How this sad fact has accused many targeted individuals to redefine the word family. The perps have an infinite number of ways to turn a person. Those of us who have been close, who have close family ties in the past will always choose to believe threats and coercion were used on family family members to get them to cooperate. Some survivors believe their family members would rather sacrifice them to the evil entity than spend the time it takes to listen to the crimes being perpetrated on them. It just takes too much time and effort to read and listen to find out the truth. Thus, the victim simply becomes expendable. That's how it happens. They won't listen, they won't read, and the perps have programmed them to believe that the victim is a mental case. The perps always program friends and family to become enraged and cut off the conversation every time the target tries to find out why their behavior toward them has changed. Therefore, there can be no meaningful discussion of perfect crimes. This ensures that the friends and family will never find out the truth about all the lies being used to gain their cooperation. Secrecy is maintained so that no one will ever find out that the target is innocent. All those around them are being duped into participating into a lifetime scheme of gruesome torment of the victim. Those who once valued their family as number one somehow buy into perpetration